All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Brian Piergrossi podcast. My name is Brian Piergrossi. This is a new series that I'm really excited about, and it's called What is Tantra? And we're having multiple guests on exploring this question. It's a, it's a very mysterious question to many. Um, it's one of those words that is used so many different ways by so many different people that it's not really clear what it means to many people. I'm not even sure the way people are using the word myself oftentimes. And a lot of people ask me, what is Tantra when I bring up the, the, the word or the phrase? So we're going to find out what is Tantra. We're going to get really curious and really interested and find out what is Tantra. And I'm in Ibiza, Spain, the island of Ibiza right now. And um, one of my personal favorite Tantra teachers on the planet, the one that I uh, really enjoy and just appreciate what she shares, really resonate with what she shares and her writing and um, the truths that she points to is joining me. So blessed to have Sophia Sandari with me. Mm. Hello, Sophia. Hello. Hello. And we're, we're in her home right now on a beautiful July. It's July. July afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. July 1st. July 1st. Or is it July 2nd? 2nd, yeah. Or anyway, time is relative. Timelessness. Yeah. Aware. Timeless now. <laughs> yeah. And we did one podcast before on Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. And that was great. And now we're in person. Yeah, I love the subject. I love that you want to demystify Tantra because yeah. it does sound like many people are super confused. Is it like about just making, um, I don't know, wearing animal onesies and having orgies all day long? Yeah. Or is it like lighting incense? Or is it about feeding each other chocolate? Or is it just some kind of mystical, magical, mm-hmm. other dimensional stuff with yeah. aliens and yeah. stuff? Yeah, yeah. So lots of lots of confusion. Lots of confusion, and um, I'm I'm my intention is to have as we progress, teachers, but also people that consider themselves students, mm-hmm. and what do they think tantra is? Mm-hmm. You know, so a variety of, of perspectives, mm-hmm. people from of different uh, uh, male, female, different sexual orientations, all you know, all different Beautiful. kinds of people. Beautiful. Let's see what they... I love asking my students questions uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> to see what do they actually <laughs> learn from me. <laughs> So, Sophia, what is Tantra? Well, so many ways to describe that which cannot actually be described. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, the simplest way to speak about it is that it's a spiritual path. Mm-hmm. Uh, or we can say it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, a way of living life which is very inclusive, which really includes everything. Mm-hmm. But we look at it as a portal to our spirit, to the spirituality. So it's not that we just have fun and enjoy all the different things that we can enjoy, Mm -hmm. but actually we are addressing them as something that becomes our door into our true self. Mm. So what does it mean? How can something be a door into your true self? In Tantra, it's seen that if we go very deep into our experience, Uh, we arrive to a place of truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the same time, this place of truth is the background of all our experiences. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, it comes from a fundamental recognition that everything is rooted in truth, that we are fundamentally truth, that we are fundamentally divine. 
and then we are at the same time discovering it as well over time and time again as we are going into our experiences like we're discovering our timeless divine nature so it's like feeling the divine essence in what arises in the moment yeah like having the direct experience not just like having the idea because now um, like perhaps there are different listeners maybe some have some idea about spirituality and mm -hmm. consciousness maybe others is totally new realm for you <clears throat> uh, well it doesn't really matter but um, we just have kind of different terminology right so for some people we we learn that okay everything is divine yeah and then for many people it just stays the kind of the concept mm -hmm. and in tantra the invitation is to actually experience that mm. to actually recognize that through the experience of opening yourself and going into uncomfortable places for example emotions like many people are challenged by emotions we're like if we feel strong emotions like anger we're like, oh, I don't want to be part of it. Like, I don't want to feel it. I don't want to feel it mm -hmm. in other people. It's not a good emotion. And there's all the judgment. In Tantra, you go fully into anger. Like, and you go there and you know that, well, it's presented to you. So there is a reason for that. And you go in and in and in and you feel this anger. It's not about blaming others, it's about projecting it on others, but it's about really experiencing it. And in Tantra, we have tools. Also, the word Tantra... Sometimes it's translated as instrument or tool of expansion. So you go in with the tools that you have to feel it, to experience it. And then sooner or later, you're going to recognize that there is an expansion that happens. And you expand into truth again. And you expand into your true being. And uh, like this through every experience, we can go there. Another definition of Tantra that I love to use sometimes is uh, about uh, cutting off all bullshit okay <laughs> and there are different levels of that bullshit yeah sometimes we have the bullshit which tells us that oh who am i to even do some great things in the world yeah or, who am i to deserve a beautiful relationship or to live mm -hmm. a life of my dreams um yeah and it's like normally it's an unconscious programming that we have that's one level yeah or then another level is like where in the country we feel super like like, yeah, I got it all together, I know it, I don't even need to listen to anything, you know, I'm done with it, I don't need to study anything, I'm already good. Yeah, also bullshit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or another level is that spiritual bullshit, where it's like we know all the concepts, we know all the right ideas, mm -hmm. everything is divine, everything is taken care of, uh, everything is uh, unfolding in its own timing or whatever uh, the concepts even this in Tantra you need to cut because you want to arrive to the rawness of truth which is alive in the moment mm -hmm. and it feels like a, a big part of this is embodiment mm -hmm. right because so much of the traditional religions teachings have kind of cut us off from the body uh, made the body sinful or, you know, yeah. the body, yeah, the source of, of, uh, sin. So Tantra is like bringing that, integrating that. We were talking before we got on about non-duality and non-duality meaning not two, which means then if it's, everything is of the same essence, then it's integrating everything that you encounter and experience mm -hmm. in this life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good way to put it and obviously we don't want to hide from anything, you know, that's also a message of Tantra, that nothing to hide from, that even if it's 
challenging even if it's uncomfortable and if we speak about body and sexuality and then for many of us we didn't grow up with a healthy sexual yeah. image we didn't grow up with a healthy body image yeah. we didn't grow up speaking even about those things and uh, in the end we end up repressing it pushing it away or indulging into it and mm -hmm. getting lost in it so all of it is like the polarities of the unhealthy and in, in tantra when we are like okay let's just bring it forward let's explore it let's move into it and let's discover that actually sexual energy is the energy of creation mm. so that's the most potent energy there yeah. is so how can we avoid that elephant in the room it's like yeah that's where it all starts that's where we begin yeah so that's why the sexual piece comes in and like the body is a portal to sexuality uh -huh. yeah so like in, in get, having our sexual energy cut off we've we've cut off our creativity which is essentially also our empowerment mm -hmm. yeah. right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah sexual energy is a creative energy yeah? the energy that created us yeah. and obviously if this energy can create a whole human being that is here talking having opinions ideas and mm -hmm. life creating life so it can create anything mm -hmm. and then uh, i always notice that when people get in touch with their sexuality in a healthy way then they start to also become much more creative in life and expressive yeah. and through arts and through yeah. their passion, through their work. Yeah. Yeah, I love what you're sharing. I, I think when people um, hear about Tantra, most people, and it was the case, I think, for me, when I first started hearing about it, most people think about sex. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing they think about is what is it? It means like, I want to have better sex or how to have better sex. Mm -hmm. So there's this kind of really narrow sphere of which like Tantra gets like, mm -hmm. I guess in the West more than in the East, but mm -hmm. in the West that, that that's there. And then it was interesting when we were talking last time in the, the last podcast we were together, um, I felt like what you were sharing in regards to sex was really about just being in the moment, being in the now. So I think people come into Tantra thinking like, I want to get to this better place. Mm -hmm. I want to have better whatever orgasms or better techniques or something. And then I feel like they go into it and then they end up being more deeply immersed in the now and being present mm -hmm. with their lover and being present with themselves. Mm -hmm. Does that resonate yeah, for you? Yeah, totally. Uh, what I, the feedback I get sometimes from people who come to study with me they say they come for sex yeah. and they end up realizing that it's all about love mm. and uh, this is true because sex is, is a, a piece a really important piece mm -hmm. and you will become a better lover yeah. if you go into tantra and you will become more orgasmic and yeah. more creative and everything yeah? yeah. but it's like side effects Yeah. yeah? because really the uh, where Tantra begins and where it ends, it's the same place. Mm. It's the place of, of truth, the place of love, the place of mm -hmm. freedom, which is all actually synonyms. Uh, but uh, that's where we're coming from, that's our origin and that's also our destination. And then along the way, we will explore and we have tools to explore and um, also, you know, finding our inner dominance and inner submission, like playing with this... Uh, archetypes yeah, mm -hmm. that can be quite edgy for people but it also it's all the different tools for exploration of what is inside 
and then you see that you only can ever get this deep sense of satisfaction, the deep sense of ah, yes, the deep sense of yes, you can only get when you are really rooted in truth, in love, in the moment, because that's, that's what the moment is, that, uh, that fabric that brings all those moments together, yeah, the glue that holds the manifestation together. So when we are discovering that place and recognizing how we are never separate from that place, that's when actually uh, it all makes sense. Then it makes sense. Because when we are just playing in the, okay, how to become a better lover, okay, how to get more pleasure, okay, how to have better relationships, okay, how to improve this about me, how to become a person who is less afraid of conflict, how I can improve this about me, for example, yeah, or how can I heal my premature ejaculation or mm. lack of orgasms, like, uh, yeah, okay, you will find ways, and in Tantra, actually, there are much better ways than normal, traditional therapy provides, yeah, yeah. but still, you see that even once you fix that, you're not going to be satisfied. Mm -hmm. There will be another thing, and another thing, and another mm -hmm. thing. Uh, it's like buying a, a new phone, and then a new phone is out, and then I buy that new phone, and then right. it's never-ending yeah. search. But um, when we are f rooting our attention, because it's really about attention. Where do we root our attention? Mm -hmm. Because the truth is always there. The moment is always there. The now is always here. But yeah. are we aware of it? Are we placing the attention into it? Uh, and then, yeah, if, of course, of course, if we speak about sex, specifically act of sex. And uh, yeah, I like to speak even more about the eroticism. Because yeah. eroticism is life. Yeah. And then right. uh, can we stay present with the natural eroticism of each and yeah. every moment? Yeah. Yeah, I have this interesting thing. It's like, what is tantra? And also, what is sex? Mm -hmm. Right? That, that question's become more uh, interesting to me or not as clear as it used to be. <laughs> right? So I find like there's this consciousness that opens where everything becomes sexual mm -hmm. to the point where it's difficult to even make a distinction between what's sexual and what's not sexual. Mm -hmm. Right? So... Um, I remember having this conversation with my, my partners who's saying, are you in this particular situation? Are you feeling sexual energy? And it's like, well, I'm having difficulty at this point distinguishing between what's sexual energy and what's <laughs> not sexual energy. It's like I'm walking down the street and just like feeling the trees and feeling the, you know, feeling the, the scent in the air, of the flowers and um, looking into someone's eyes, you know, like this is, um, this is, uh, it, there's, there's an eroticism to that. But it's like, my feeling of it's not confined to the genitals in fact it's not even necessarily it's like a full body full mind full heart full everything is aroused everything is mm -hmm. um everything is alive mm -hmm. um, so i find that as i go into this consciousness i'm going to this consciousness like what is erotic or what is sexual or what it expands and expands and expands mm -hmm. until there's these these Places of consciousness where it includes mm. everything. It's like mm -hmm. you're you're making love with everything that exists. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I like to make a little distinction just for the mind, you know, because yeah, ultimately it actually doesn't matter. Mm, you just are in the experience, and whatever you call it or you don't call it, you will always diminish the experience when we try to add words to it. Because the experience is just the experience. But I like to make a little distinction between sexual and erotic. 
and erotic is bigger than sexual. Uh, erotic will include sexual, and sexual can be a portal to erotic, but erotic is exactly that which you're describing. It's like that sense of being alive, actually. It's like you feel this life oozing through your body and oozing from those trees, from those flowers, mm -hmm. and uh, that sense where you're like in that heightened awareness of what is actually going on. Mm -hmm. And for most people, uh, ex they experience that through some substances or through drugs or through yeah. alcohol, where it's like, wow, suddenly there's more sp space, suddenly there's more vibrancy around. Yeah. Uh, but actually, that's our natural state. Right. We would be feeling that way if we were not suppressing it. We, we can feel that way all the time. Mm -hmm. And then when sexual peace comes in, that uh, to me is specifically about that desire to be in the sexual contact. Uh, and uh, there we can also say that, okay, that contact can include genitals and cannot include genitals. And then it can be very, very sexual and really that... Um, energy which is really raw and like really about procreation actually at its basis yeah um, and it's like yeah and then when we engage that energy it also becomes or it can be and it's beautiful when it is so a portal to the erotic because then okay oh we can have this burning this intensity this like desire that was really felt in the genitals and then we can see how we can open into it and not just keep it on that level because that's normally what we see in porn for example yeah where people are just like stimulating the genitals and it's like oh there's this animalistic sense to it yeah uh, but then it stays there and then mm -hmm. it results in like either ejaculation or explosive yeah. orgasm for women and that's like okay the energy is gone okay yeah finally yeah and to me that's actually a product of shame or a product of also repression and control because we keep it on that level whereas actually it's natural that it wants to rise and spread but we are not aware of it because we are so fixated on what is going on and then we are not even that satisfied because okay you came okay then what okay you had a few seconds of pleasure okay a relief and what whereas if we take that energy and we take that animal and we we feel it and we play there but then we try to bring it up and mm -hmm. spread it and move it and up i mean like it can be specifically in the body you can actually move yeah. the body from so lower she's moving her hands from the lower chakras up to the upper chakras yeah. motioning yeah. to me of like up to the lower to the higher yeah so it's like from the sex to the level of your chest to your heart yeah. and so forth and uh, that's where the expansion starts happening and also it happens a lot through relaxation yeah, for me, that's the most key element of yeah. tantric sexuality that we need to learn yeah. to relax. Yeah, wow, a couple, a couple really valuable things for me. First of all, that distinction is actually really valuable for me. So mm -hmm. thank you. So for the future, I'll say, I'm not feeling sexual energy, I'm feeling erotic energy. Exactly. That will be helpful for me yeah. to communicate that. Okay, that's good. And then um, the last thing that you said, you were talking about... Um, mm -hmm. Sex is a portal to the erotic. Sex is a portal to the erotic. And bringing the energy... Up and relaxing. Up and releasing or circulating. Mm -hmm. right? Relaxing. Okay. Relaxing, that's it. Relaxing. Mm -hmm. So, yes, relaxing. I agree. Like that's, that's the fundamental component right? for all of this. For whatever the teaching mm -hmm. is. It's like relax and then things will happen through you. Things will mm -hmm. move. Magical things will happen. Miraculous things will happen. Um... And I find for when it comes to sex, like, it can be very stressful. You know, people are feeling like they have to perform or they have to, you know, 
be the image that they think they're supposed to be, you know, mm -hmm. in the bedroom. And I think it seems like a lot of the initial movement at the Tantra has that energy too, mm -hmm. of like, I want to be different than I am, or I want to get to some different place. So it's like some kind of paradoxical thing where the way to get to the other place is to actually fully embrace and love yourself as you are, it seems like. Mm -hmm. Exactly, totally. Yeah, it's like we are so obsessed with doing. Yeah. You know, we're constantly like, okay, what can I do? If I'm not doing anything, it means I'm wasting my time. Okay, I need to do right. something. It's like this mindset right. that we, we uh, yeah, so it comes from so many things. Like maybe if even we can discover belief of being a sinner there, you know, <laughs> the whole kind of religious brainwash or idea about efficiency, performance, anxiety. So right. there's lots of roots to that and we understand it. And also just saying maybe relax is a bit uh, like it's it's hard for people to grasp how is it to relax what does it even mean to relax and i have so many things to do what are you talking to me about to relax but actually it's uh, about like releasing that tension releasing the worry and just being as yourself and being one of my actually you asked me earlier when we were talking about my practices Actually, I found out that my most important practice is every single day, no matter how busy I am, to take 20 minutes of just relaxation. Just like lying down and doing nothing and emptying my mind. I think that should be a practice for everyone. In the middle of the day, you stop and you just take 20 minutes, maybe it's 10 minutes, maybe it's 5 minutes, but just take and empty. Yeah, I think that meditation the same thing right it's like it's made into something that you need to get to this other place and you mm -hmm. need to take this practice to get to there, this technique and i think the people that i respect the most when they talk about meditation they talk about the way you just did of like it's just a space to be mm -hmm. just to make uh make space for the being and not the doing mm -hmm. and whatever arises in that space is is perfectly fine mm -hmm. moment by moment mm -hmm. It is, it is not, not simple things we're talking about, yeah? Because no. we're actually reframing um, millennia of conditioning. Yeah. yeah. All the ways in which we are programmed, actually even by nature. You know, because, for example, this um, urgency to procreate, it, it is so deep in our instinct. So sometimes we have to go against it because this instinct tells us uh, tells men, for example, to impregnate as many females as possible to spread his genes so that the species, that humanity as species, may live on. And it's like, it's a fun fundamental conditioning that is there. And then when we say, well, relax, well, you don't have to arrive anywhere, you don't have to make all those babies, basically. You just relax and open and, you know, see what, what is there naturally. It's like, huh? Like this is this is big stuff. Like it really yeah. it takes. But we are equipped for it. We are ready for it as as humanity. We have the consciousness for it. And as we are yeah. doing it, we are also growing in consciousness. Because we are replacing the mecha automatic things by acts of will. Yeah, there's this there's this kind of I don't know if it's like a fine line kind of for me um, that I've discovered, which is there's the. I guess even Buddha had a term, the middle way, which may apply. I don't know if it really applies in this case, but anyway, there's this kind of religious repression or suppression of um, sexual desire. And I feel like that creates suffering. And then there's kind of just 
chasing the desire mm -hmm. all the time. And I found that, that creates suffering. But then there's, I would call it appreciation, mm -hmm. right? So it's like this way of like, as a man, it's like you can notice a beautiful woman or a beautiful form or a beautiful um, face or, or sexy body or whatever it is that's in front of you and you can appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And there's a quality to that that is supportive for both parties. Both parties, there's an energy that feels good for both parties. Mm -hmm. But then there can be this kind of like clingy thing that creates, creates suffering. Then there can be this pushing away or suppression or trying to pretend or trying to act like it's not actually happening for you because mm -hmm. I'm too spiritual, too religious or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that creates suffering. So yeah. there's a way of just like, yeah, just really appreciating the, the, what you're experiencing and the energy of it and, and it being complete in itself. Yeah. I had this experience with my lover once where he, um, was but also due to his conditioning and his past experiences with his past partner um he was um uh attracted to someone uh, like we were together and we were in a space where there was another woman that he was attracted to and uh, he was not telling me that he was attracted to her and i was just like i, I would notice them i just i didn't even know what was happening but i i would notice and i was like oh well, it looks like you have a special connection with her i was like yeah, yeah, she feels like like uh, we're connected somehow. Okay. And then some days later, I see, again, there's some energy there. And I'm like, oh, what is going on there with her? And he'll be like, no, 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 nothing, nothing. I'm like, hmm, okay. But I feel there's something, yeah. yeah? I feel it's like it's hard to explain, but uh, I feel it. And then uh, at some point, he came to me and he said, look, I know you actually got it. I, there is some there's attraction I've been really trying to repress it yeah. I've been trying to avoid her yeah. but the more I was trying to avoid her the more you would be asking me what is going on yeah. there and uh, then I was like well why are you trying to avoid it like I, I don't have any judgment about this I feel it's totally natural like she, I would be surprised if you're not attracted to other women yeah <laughs> right so uh, but it's a totally um, there's a huge gap when between acknowledging it and actually being totally cool with it and like owning it and being able to talk even to your partner about it and then acting on it and doing something about it. And it's really rare. Like if we are really honest with ourselves and if we are really tuned in with ourselves, it's actually really rare that something we, we need to act on it. It's like much more often we find all this beauty around us or attractive people, but then actually doing something about it, it's... It's, it's a totally separate story and usually it doesn't happen rather than it happens, right? Mm -hmm. like if we think about the amount of people that we're finding attractive and then the <laughs> right. when something is actually happening, it's like... <laughs> right, and I also feel like there's like this, it's like a flow state, right? When you're really in the moment, when you're really connected to your flow and then it's almost like the movement's happening it's hard, it's hard to explain, right? But I know you know it. It's like it's happening to you in the moment, moment by moment. Mm -hmm. And you're not, it's like you're not chasing a different moment than this one. Mm -hmm. But things are happening. Like there's action, there's movement. Mm -hmm. um, and it feels like you're connected to that higher creativity. Mm -hmm. so, so I don't think it means that you're not moving in certain directions or you're not creating things or you're not, you know, you're not asking people out on dates or whatever. Like all of that can be awesome. And wonderful but there's a different quality to it than 
someone that's coming across as really needy or they're really chasing outside of themselves. They're, they're kind of like in just in a very natural, relaxed way in their power. And then just words are coming through them and choices are being made through them. And mm -hmm. there's this quality that feels like it's what Tantra is like calling us towards. Yeah, yeah, totally. And another thing is the um, uh, seeing how every experience is complete by itself. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because uh, sometimes the mind starts to create fantasies and yeah. stories. Yeah. And like, oh, this happened, so it means that we need to cultivate this or we yeah. need to cultivate that. And this, is, this can be the case, yeah? And sometimes there's a choice and we want to cultivate and we speak about yeah. it and this. But uh, normally experiences, they're, they're just what they are. They're experiences in this moment. And this is actually quite a... Like, it's, it's hard to understand this unless you really experience this. Mm. And this, I know that some people, they find it really confusing. They're like, <clears throat> like for example, my work and my life is very touch-friendly, very touch-positive. Like, I, I find that touch is... <clears throat> sorry. I find that it's incredibly... <clears throat> healthy for us to touch, to touch uh, ourselves and each other because it produces amazing hormones. It produces yeah. oxytocin and dopamine and it's yeah. something that makes us feel um, held in this world. And many people have this idea that they don't belong somehow. This feeling like I don't fit in or I don't belong. And the touch, I find that it's something that really helps to arrive into this body and ground into this body and feel that sense of belonging. So... Uh, in my events, there's lots of touch, and we have like it's quite structured, it's quite like okay, now we have this and this kind of exchange or this kind of environment. And sometimes there, there can be five people massaging one person, and one person is really receiving it, and it's incredibly beautiful. And uh, that's what it is it's this experience, we even time it, and it's like okay, this is a specific <laughs> experience. But then, of course, you know, when you're outside of the workshop setting, it's like we also have spontaneous cuddles with friends and this and that like touch like we're just holding each other yeah. and uh, this is just like normal but for people who are new to that and especially if they have any kind of sexual trauma for them this might be a really big deal and yeah they might go like oh wow okay so this means that we are cultivating something yeah. here yeah so this this is something that like yeah it's something we have to experience that it's like oh this is that flow you're talking about okay that's that's how energy moves, and then we move on, and we don't make any contracts there, we don't make any uh, promises, any agreements. It's just like the beauty of the moment, and then you move and stuff. I mean, of course, unless you're clear with your agreements that it's a relationship, and it's a container, and you're cultivating and nourishing this. It's mm -hmm. that, that what has to be spoken, and that's also where Tantra invites us to take responsibility for actually what we want, and to communicate that in a clear way. To take responsibility for what you want, and for your boundaries, and... Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Talk about that because it feels like to me, like we're entering this new era where the old way was kind of like, are you in a relationship? Yes or no. And if you are, then this is what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, then this is what it looks like. But it feels like to me, we're opening into the spaces, awakening our consciousness where we are creating the lives that are unique to us which means we're creating the relationships that are unique to us and the boundaries that are unique to us and um, really listening to what that is for us. And mm -hmm. so is that something that you're finding as big well? Big time, big time. I feel we live in the time now where we just cannot help it. We have to become honest. 
<laughs> right. With ourselves. Right. Because we see that we are just not fitting into those old paradigms anymore. We we cannot say I have a relationship and it's like this and that's how it's gonna be forever. <clears throat> yeah. And it's not I'm not talking even about polyamorous relationship or monogamous relationship. All of this is also even polyamorous relationships can have some limitations which are quite specific. Um, yeah, and also I'm not talking about, oh, okay, just live free, fuck whoever you want, and don't think about anyone and stuff. No, it's actually, it's actually expansion where we are rising as human beings, we are rising in consciousness, we, are, we have to take more responsibility for how we are showing up in the world and staying in honesty and integrity with ourselves and also um, caring for the world around us and for people who are impacted by our actions. So, yeah, with relationships, it's like I feel it's really about being in such transparency and clear communication about where we are at, like, and having those conversations, like, maybe weekly or at least monthly and, and like, really finding what is true and what serves best in this moment and what serves your dharma, what serves, serves your, your calling in this life most. Which requires like ever presence, mm-hmm. like presence and listening and communicating what you're. Yeah, first of all, presence with ourselves. Yeah, that's and that's presence the most tricky bit sometimes that we are. It's like sometimes you hear that voice somewhere, but you don't try or you try to pretend you don't. <laughs> yeah. And and you're like, oh, something. There's something, but or you try to avoid it and. Uh, just like forget about it or not tell another person because you're scared to hurt them. Yeah. Or, yeah, and lots of strategies to escape our own power. Right. And that's a big part of this, right? It's like coming into your power. Like one of the things I feel in you is that you feel um, very courageous. So it feels like a lot of like what this is, what this teaching is, is like facing your fears mm-hmm. and moving beyond any fears that you encounter and then I don't think it means not to have, not to be afraid, mm-hmm. but to just, it's not, it's not, it doesn't stop you from living your truth. Yeah, yeah, like the warrior. You feel the yeah. fear, but yeah. you do. Anyway. Well, I, there's also an interesting bit, because that's what the feedback I get a lot, actually, from people that they think I'm, I'm courageous. But I think that uh, it's, it's a bit different, that um, I, I don't think that there's anything I have to be afraid of. So I don't actually have to be courageous. Like I, I don't right. feel like I, I am in that um, vibration of uh, that it's not safe somehow. Yeah. You know? And then I actually don't have to be courageous. I, I'm just moving with life. Mm-hmm. And I'm moving and sometimes it's uncomfortable. Much of the time it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. actually. <laughs> but then I'm moving and I'm moving and I'm moving because I know that uh, I have like a deep knowing that my life is about expansion. Yeah. And the uncomfortability, to me, it's like where the aliveness is, right? Like this idea to want to be comfortable. Like who came up with that? Like that's yeah. not, it's not a good uh, strategy. Well, it's a big one because <laughs> we have parts like which are very primal that want to be comfortable and want to be held. Yeah. But maybe it's like relaxed, right? Maybe we want to be relaxed, mm. but not yeah. comfortable. Yeah, yeah. We want to be held. We want to be relaxed. Safe. Safe. Safe, exactly. yeah. Secure. Yeah. Yeah, insecure world. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's a whole piece like about psychology and, and also like now I feel it's very loud. Uh, also in the conscious community, the whole attachment theory mm-hmm. and seeing how we are creating those 
healthy and unhealthy attachment patterns and mm-hmm. secure attachment and the avoidant and the anxious and how uh, due to our upbringing, due to trauma, we are there. And I think it's it's really, really cool theory to explore and to see how we can come to the place of security in ourselves and choose uh, to grow into security in our relationships. And then the, there's a whole set of dynamics around this. And also we need to see that we are not limited by our psychology. Mm. That fundamentally we are actually bigger than our psychology. Mm. And that we can sometimes shift things from a place where you don't know how that could happen. And you just heal instantaneously from Mm. things you thought you had to heal for years or something like this. Mm. Or also there's another part where people do this kind of what's called spiritual bypassing where they are like they have such strong spiritual concepts but they're totally neglecting the personality which is in pain and hurting. Yeah, Tantra I think is really good for that. The kind of getting through those concepts and getting into the Mm. the body and the visceral Mm -hmm. feelings. Yeah, feeling the pain, feeling the human, feeling the emotion and also having the big vision of what is actually going on and returning to non-duality and returning to knowing that nothing is fundamentally wrong mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. and everything is fundamentally all right. Mm. Let's talk about uh, men and masculinity. Mm-hmm. So it feels like men and masculinity have... Um, been taking quite a beating from a lot of people yeah, in recent no. couple of recent years, yeah. and uh, you've written some really beautiful things that uh, I really appreciated. That kind of are, I think, bringing some wisdom to that subject. Mm-hmm. So just kind of like you know what you feel is happening. We have the Me Too movement, and these different mm-hmm. things. Obviously, there's some there's value in why these things are coming forward. But like, what is it? What does it all mean? And what is the bigger picture behind it? And what's trying to emerge there? And what's trying to heal and what's what good is going to come out of it mm-hmm. yeah i love that you're asking it because it's something i i speak about and even today i had the whole conversation about this and it's so so in our face it's mm-hmm. something that we really it's like burning in the in the field um so for those of you listeners who don't know or who are like hardly in this field yeah maybe we give a little bit more context where I feel that what actually has been going on is that um, there has been a movement for feminine empowerment. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And after years and years of patriarchy where women were like kind of um, uh, someone, a bit like, yeah, yeah, like a secondary, yeah, a bit mm-hmm. less important and not a leader and more like in the kitchen and looking after kids and that's her thing. Not to say that that's actually a little thing, but still it was a bit like... Behind. It wasn't a freedom of options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So then the whole was a feminist movement that started and other type of movements and the feminine empowerment movement. Mm-hmm. And in that movement, women regained their voice. Mm-hmm. So this, I believe, is a, probably the most important uh, mm-hmm. achievement. But then uh, sometimes when we go into the positive, then there's also shadow. And the shadow part of it became that women started to uh, speak up, but in a rather violent way. And uh, really, I mean, there's a powerful piece where, like, for example, all the predators started to be called out. So the whole Me Too uh, campaign Mm -hmm. resulted from that. 
where women were sharing their story of abuse and much of it was beautiful and absolutely needed where it's like women just express their vulnerability and mm-hmm. this is this is a healing massively healing thing where we just express vulnerability and uh the shadow side of it became that women started to point the finger and tell men that they are misbehaving and uh, that resulted in like a certain energetic we can say castration of the man of the masculine where men started to go like oh my god so oh i did something wrong okay so but what what do i do and it's like they just blame 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 from mm-hmm. all places and then as blame normally results from like this uh, okay women find their voice but and then they start to say okay that's men who are guilty but maybe also not owning their part because there's always two to tango and then um, yeah this whole thing that like started to go like okay women are asking where are the conscious men uh, some of the men are not measuring up and the women think that they are more advanced more conscious and I'm really sick of this <laughs> <laughs> I see this so much and to really deep degree and it's also something that women seem to be doing to their inner masculine because we also have the right. masculine and feminine right. side yeah. and where uh, there's also inner masculine that be- starts to get neglected and then women are expecting the outer masculine to provide and to show up in all those powerful qualities yeah. but it's like the inner masculine and the inner masculine meaning someone who can be there in the midst of the storm yeah someone like for example when you're super super emotional is there still a part of you that is not checked out and which mm-hmm. is totally present and mm-hmm. holding you in that mm-hmm. yeah so that i find that this is a really big piece that is uh, emerging for women mm-hmm. uh, specifically to really connect with the inner masculine to that state of sovereignty inside, to that state of real, true, and not from a place of hardening, yeah? because some women also are in that place like, oh, I'm so self-sufficient, I don't need anybody, I can provide for myself, I'm not going to accept anyone's help, I'm not going to accept him to pay my dinner, or like all of that. Yeah, and This is also can be, this can be quite extreme, but like finding that inner balance of how the masculine and feminine inside can coexist in harmony. And then the other piece is... Um, I feel very big for women that has to come is embracing the mother archetype uh, where because we also need to see how we are using our seductress because women also use this they have this way to seduce the man out of his purpose and take him into her story take him into the dream into that fairy tale to play with her there although maybe he is very established in his purpose and he has to follow that purpose and actually a woman can empower him into that purpose and support him in that and then maybe he will be not her little kind of nice little man who is always there by her side but he will be that powerful human being and that's where we have to rise Uh, and then we also try the blame and the yeah telling telling off and calling out and all that and now i believe that we actually have to land a bit deeper and start to really hold start to really hold that this is what's going on in the world and start to really understand how it is to be a mother in this world and mother to all children and to own our vulnerability and know that the mother is oftentimes angry and is upset and it's not that she has to be denied those things yeah and it's something for mothers to learn to be 
fine with their feelings, to have safe spaces to process those feelings. Mm-hmm. So that's why the women's circles, for example, are so important. So women come and they're held together. They're really holding together each other like a tribe and they can process and grieve and move through the thing. And then having given space to that, then she can also expand her heart and be with what is going on and see how she can, instead of blaming, how she can call in, yeah, instead of calling out, how she can call in someone to step into the truth which she can see. Mm-hmm. And then it affects our con- communication, or we can communicate with someone, with, with, and we can communicate the same thing, we can communicate what we need, but we can come from a place of... Um, uh, like an unintegrated place which will make the other person feel judged mm-hmm. and this will not shift anything Yeah. or we can communicate from a place of um, authentic sharing of uh, our vulnerability and our need mm-hmm. and also of inviting the person to step into their truth so it's totally different energy and we are totally capable of that beautiful and uh, what I think is interesting too is I noticed that the feminist movement started in like the late 60s, early 70s, right? So women come into their power. But I feel like the power that they, they were emulating the power that they saw, which was the masculine mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like to a large degree that's still happening. When women want to get into a space of empowerment, they're trying to follow a masculine way. Um, and... I don't know that we've really like tapped into the feminine power mm-hmm. fully yeah. yet. True, true. The liberation of the feminine started to become of the women became liberation to their masculine. Yes. To their feminine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's really interesting, and I feel like that's that's really where the mother piece comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, and and uh, mother maybe also. In, and it can be also very erotic mother, yeah? When I say mother, I'm not necessarily speaking about, like, uh, holy uh, mother or something, like, uh, elevated kind of light, all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah? She can have also the darkness, and she mm-hmm. can have the intensity and the fire mm-hmm. and the eroticism. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, uh, that's, to me, is that um, liberation to the feminine, where we really can own that space of holding how our wombs are naturally designed to hold something yeah. and someone and, and hold the space for a project and hold the space for mm-hmm. the beloved and, and for a child and for this earth actually and it's again coming back to that space of uh, not being separate from anything like this fundamental experience where for example you see the trees being cut and you feel like it's parts of you are being mm-hmm. cut yeah, or your children are being cut it's like that such deep merging with the world where we're really experiencing it in ourselves and if um, uh, someone if a man is misbehaving or like if he did something that where he was not like he just was clumsy and, and stupid yeah yeah and then you can see it's also it's, it's also part of me somehow yeah and also part of me yeah. is definitely clumsy and stupid yeah yeah I think there's a new word that we need I've been thinking about this so there's, um, I mean, there's, there's rape as, as a, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's, um, sexual abuse. And then there's sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we need a new category, which doesn't really exist yet. I mean, I hear people, the way people talk about it, which is sexual miscommunication. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, there's this area where people are well-intended, but they're just not 
you know, there's a misunderstanding of what's happening. And I think it would be, there would bring more compassion and empathy if we could like, you know, have that understanding with each other and be able to communicate and yeah. rectify from that place together. Yeah. I feel that it's like um, a matter of not taking anything for granted, mm-hmm. like anything, like really, uh, especially when we come with someone in like a erotic sexual container mm-hmm. and then sometimes we're like assuming like, oh, okay, well, uh, maybe we can touch each other. Oh, okay, maybe we can mm-hmm. kiss. Or maybe we can go into this kind mm-hmm. of direction. But then uh, how much more beautiful it would be if we would just speak, Yeah. right? Before going into anything. Yeah. Like not assuming that even because maybe for some person even like mm, hugging someone is a big deal. Yep. Yeah, and uh, they are just doing it because that's what everyone is doing or that's what they think they're supposed to do. But then like and whoever in that uh, couple or what whatever it is whoever has the capacity to create the safe space, they should be doing it. And yeah, safe space is is much about just bringing things into light. And like going, okay, that's where I'd like to go. That's what I'm available mm-hmm. for. That's what I feel. Do you resonate with it? Or mm-hmm. do you have other way you'd like to go? And then again, coming back to the honesty with ourselves. How can I get super honest here? Yeah. Authentic relating. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Okay, I have a technical question for you. Yeah. So, um, as a man, <laughs> if you... Uh, I'm not sure the right word is, but bring your energy up from genital ejaculation and you bring the energy up and circulate it. Um, there's a vitality that increases and empower, you feel more powerful and vital. And um, if you're ejaculating too often, there's a depletion of energy. So this is like a tantric teaching mm-hmm. that I've explored and I've, I've found a lot of value and benefit in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then my question that I've been asking people and um, getting different answers where people aren't, don't really know or are sure. So I feel like you're the, you're the person to ask for this question. Is it the same for women? If women um, bring their energy up from orgasm, does that do the same for them or is it different? Yeah, so there are different ways how we get depleted energetically. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's just by leaking our energy, mm-hmm. just by putting our energy in places where mm-hmm. we actually don't choose to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, sometimes having actually multiple sexual connections that can be doing that and we're just doing it kind of in a conscious way. Um, and then um, also just throughout the day doing stupid things. Yeah, that's another <laughs> way to <laughs> leak your energy. Uh, or with sexual energy, of course. Yeah, and for men, as you said, it's uh, ejaculation that creates mm-hmm. massive leakage of energy because that's the energy that you of creation mm-hmm. yeah and instead of spilling it that's what happens with ejaculation mm-hmm. and one tablespoon of ejaculate contains two to three billion cells so mm-hmm. each cell can be alive mm-hmm. so it's like it's a lot of life and you're yeah. just basically spilling all of that for women how they lose their energy is through menstruation mm-hmm. through abundant blood and uh, it's also been studied scientifically and it has Lots of calcium, lots of iron, and um, mm-hmm. lots of uh, important microminerals, which mm-hmm. uh, women are deficient in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like also we cannot separate the health and the body from the energy. So yeah, with abundant menstruation, we lose way too much of that. And there's different types of orgasms. <clears throat> I have a whole book about this. Um, What's the name of the book? And beyond. <laughs> it's called Liberation and Orgasm. Okay. 
and um, uh, actually, I mean, we go beyond what is not typically considered to be orgasm mm-hmm. there, but I'm also listing a bunch of different orgasms for women, and one of those orgasms is explosive orgasm, which means that it happens just at the level of genitals, very much like male ejaculation. So it's a stimulation against pressure, and then a release. So that's how most women masturbate, like, or... Is that mostly the clitoris? Yeah. yeah. So mostly the clitoris. It also can be related to the G-spot, so that spongy area inside of the mm-hmm. yoni, the vagina. And uh, it's like this intense stimulation, and then, bah, release. And that's, after that, normally a woman doesn't want to be touched for some time, and that's a sign of depletion. That's okay. a sign of loss of energy. It's a bit less than ejaculation because there it's like it's really like it's a big mm-hmm. thing and then normally man has this refractory period where he needs to stay away from penetration or maybe he can penetrate still but it's like he doesn't feel so strong anymore yeah mm-hmm. and then it will take from minutes to hours to days sometimes. Yeah. So for a woman, it's a bit less because she also her refractory period is shorter mm-hmm. and she will need some minutes. Maybe some women actually also need the hours and days, mm-hmm. but it's rare. Um, so yeah, exactly the same thing that women need to be spreading the energy. And especially with menstruation, that's more challenging for mm-hmm. women to really learn to uh, shorten the menstruation, to have the menstruation which lasts like three days. That's actually good time. And the amount of blood that they lose, uh, there are ways to regulate it and lose less blood. And that will also help to spread the energy more through the body. And also the premenstrual syndrome, which some women have, like before menstruation or during menstruation, mm-hmm. being super cranky and stuff. Um, actually, that's also a sign of kind of loss of energy. And it's really good to learn to spread it through the whole body and nourish the whole body with that energy that's being produced there. And do you, do you find that, from what you've looked at, is there a frequency of genital ejaculation for men that's like a healthy frequency, or does it just vary for each person? I know the age someone is varies, makes a difference as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there are lots of different opinions on that. Uh, my actually first tantra teacher was saying that men should never ejaculate, yeah. so that I find a little bit extreme <laughs> military style. Mm. I find that uh, what is really important is why you're stopping to ejaculate. I like that. Because if it becomes another uh, agenda, yeah. you lose the point. Yeah. So you want to create connection. Right? Yeah. That's what we're all actually longing yeah. for. We want to create connection. Mm. We want to create connection with yourself, with the partner. Mm. And then in that connection, I never find that it's good to like choose to, oh, I'm just going to hold back whatever no matter what i'm just gonna tighten up and just not ejaculate well yeah i think also there's a space there can Mm -hmm. be ejaculation but the more you are in touch with yourself Mm -hmm. and the more you allow yourself to follow that kind of excitement because Mm -hmm. that's what creates ejaculation there's like you're like doing 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 you just cannot stop the energy is pulling you the woman is pulling you energetically and you just want to continue and just ejaculate yeah in the end uh so there stop and relax mm. coming back to relaxation yeah and then the more you learn to relax the less you will have the need to ejaculate mm-hmm. so you know that's why I, I cannot say like okay once a month is good or something but uh, it's really about this attunement inside but uh, yeah I would say like maybe every few weeks something like this it's mm-hmm. okay but then sometimes men also discover that they feel so great when they don't yeah. ejaculate so they just don't want to ejaculate yeah yeah 
And um, how about women? Um, I made experiments. Yeah. Uh, that's what I like to do. I yeah, always teach through experiments uh -huh. and through mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I made this experiment where for a month I was um, having explosive orgasm every day. Yeah. And I felt so bad in the end of that month. Like my period was much heavier. I had mm -hmm. pain in my lower back, which I never have. I um I was much more moody and cranky and uh I was um yeah just lots of lots of stuff went wrong somehow mm -hmm. and I felt like I was really depleted energetically and mm -hmm. I was getting more tired faster and and all of that so yeah for women like you know it's okay to sometimes have it also and but still like making sure that even if you have it then you still move that energy like in in other ways or if you continue making love or if you are mm -hmm. self-pleasuring or dancing yeah so still continue yeah. doing this like even if that happened even if that yeah. explosive orgasm happened to still like continue and move it and also meditating is great like mm -hmm. after making love or before making love mm -hmm. or both <laughs> Um, so yeah, like I would also say, like the more relaxed you are, the more present you are, the less you will have the need because also you discover those other types of orgasms, which are way, way, way more pleasurable and way deeper. And the more you have those explosive orgasms, the less you are actually um, available to those big orgasms because mm -hmm. you have less energy available to cultivate mm -hmm. those big orgasms. And it feels like a big part of the gateway to these other orgasms the bigger ones the more like, like full body full consciousness is the breath right i feel like the breath is a tuning to your breath well breath is a trick yeah breath of course is always there and that's a that's a way to put your attention onto mm -hmm. something that will keep you present yeah so that's that's a portal yeah breath yeah. sound also yeah because when you're sounding you also are sure that you're breathing and you are focused on yeah. what is going on you don't fly off because especially men are, are genuinely better at being focused that's more like a masculine right. gift and women are, are like tend to have their attention spread on many things yeah and that's normally the, the number one reason for lack of orgasm in women that they are thinking of too many things instead of just being there so yeah like uh, breath will help anchor sound will help anchor also uh, sound is something that also creates that vibration through the body and also mm -hmm. helps move the energy and breath as well is is good for this uh, also and yeah so whatever whatever it takes to stay really present because that's what is really necessary for orgasm because as we spoke in the beginning erotic state is our natural state mm. so it's really about recognizing it and then when we add the fire of sexual mm -hmm. energy into it then it it kind of leads things up mm -hmm. okay one more technical question mm -hmm. um i remember you, you you made a post on instagram once about oral sex um a woman giving oral sex to a man and how opening her throat mm -hmm. and how it creates this, this different kind of secretion mm -hmm. that comes out. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that? I, I, that, that was the first time I'd heard that right. reading, but then it made sense. I, I, I kind of like, oh yes, I, I know. What you're, once you said it, it clicked in. I was like, oh, I know what you're talking about. I hadn't really thought of that before. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a secret spot that's being stimulated. That's why I really encourage women to perform uh-huh. blowjob on men because uh-huh. uh, also with the with the energy of the penis. I mean, we can also do it like I do. It's practice called de-armoring when we release uh, tension from mm-hmm. the body, and then sometimes we also do the throat jam. So we can do it with a finger actually, and mm-hmm. uh, something gets relaxed in the throat, and there's a more opening in the throat and more capacity to speak the truth mm-hmm. because the throat is open. The creative energy is mm-hmm. more flowing, so. Uh, the woman uh, or man also we can stimulate it with a finger, mm-hmm. uh, but with the penis is even better because also the the penis is it's quite special yeah the energy that it has especially on the tip of the penis it's connected to the heart, so the tip of the penis for a man is connected to the heart just like cervix and the deep depth of the vagina for a woman is connected to our heart so when he it's like he's stimulating it with his heart we can say. So then this opening can happen and the release uh, and then this fluid can start happening, mm-hmm. uh, can start being produced. And what is this fluid is a bit mysterious because uh, the amounts of it, like if it would be just a little bit, okay, it's just saliva, it's just that li- liquid that the body produces. But um, there can be a really, really huge amount of it. And this cannot be explained by medicine. It's really something that uh, is connected with the um, stimulation of a secondary chakra. So chakra is an energy center and it's uh, st- stimulated in the back of the head. It's a secondary chakra to the third eye called Soma chakra. And then when that chakra is stimulated, then this nectar starts gushing. So this is extremely esoteric, actually, uh, information and... Um, it's a really magical occurrence because also what happens to the woman is that she gets into a state of trance when this is happening and then she can have this totally insane amount of pleasure and this openness and this stimulation of the throat as well because the throat is also this chakra that is connected to the mystical state of being and the trance-like experiences. So, yeah, it's a full encouragement for women listeners <laughs> to go there and explore. Mm. So let's talk about your 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 work. Your actual like you know if so someone wants to delve more into um, what you're sharing here. Um, what are you offering and what do people do and you know you have trainings and mm-hmm. what do you take people through and how does it work? So I have two schools. I have uh, I think now four, five even online courses. Two new will be released mm-hmm. soon. Um, I have a very active uh, blog and uh, Instagram account that you know of and um, I have a book uh, called Liberation to Orgasm and also two books being written right now the book of poetry and the book of my journey called Boundless Love uh, and yes I have two schools one school is called the Priestess School which consists of five modules and it's a gradual progression for women which takes about two years to complete all the modules and each module is a week so it's an in-person training where they come and we are training and step by step we are going deeper and deeper into mysteries which are quite esoteric and quite what what kind of things are are you doing there like if you sign up what kind of things are you doing so we do like i also have the the other school the tantra mystery school which is also for men and Mm. women and uh, in both schools, we do lots of different stuff. 
yeah, like in the Tantra Mystery School, like there's always also a specific topic that we're exploring. Mm -hmm. Like the first one, for example, is called Liberation to Orgasm, just like my book. So in the first one, we really explore our energy body and how we can cultivate those full body orgasmic experiences and that state of eroticism. Then there's also um, a module called the Fire of Love, where we really discover the the fire of love actually what it is what does it mean to love mm -hmm. and how love moves us and, mm -hmm. and how we are resisting to love and how we are opening to love uh, and how we do it like normally we have the like morning stuff where we really activate ourselves so there's different uh, energy work where we are uh, learning to really activate our energetic field and also move any kind of stuck emotions mm -hmm. so that's what we do in the morning then we have two sessions during the day and I call it temple sessions where we meet in a temple and we um, um that's the physical location where we work I, I refer to it as a temple and uh, we do practices sometimes individually sometimes in partnership in connection with someone and um, it can be movement it can be sitting in stillness it can be also sometimes a dialogue also a conversation Sometimes there is massage, sometimes there is this de-armoring, this release of stuck energy. Sometimes there is this embodiment where we are embodying different archetypes and exploring them. Um, so yeah, variety, lots of different things. We also have some really special rituals that we do where we have a special space and we hold it in a special way and we do special specific things in, in there. and all to reveal the truth inside yeah all the practices they look different but all of aim of each and every practice is to reveal truth of who we are and then we have different gateways mm -hmm. fantastic mm -hmm. uh the uh, sometimes like i have a very special training which is um the journey to egypt where we also all travel to egypt and we go to ancient temples and the Great Pyramid, and we have time there, and we do practices in those ancient temples. So this is also something we do. <laughs> and what is your website? It's called sofiasundari.com. I thought so. Yeah, simple. <laughs> um, so, yeah, one more question, and then um, some final words, and that's it. Um, this, is, this is awesome. Um, I'm really, I think... There's something about the way we share that's really authentic and um, just openness to topics. I think people want to ask but don't always ask. So I think this is this is really beneficial to a lot of people, and mm -hmm. I really like really like love our conversations. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Thank you. I'm enjoying it too. Yeah, um, I wanted to ask about how you got to this point, right? So like, from where you started, where did you start, and you are now, and I know you're writing a book about it. Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. so what what was the what what was the shift for you well yeah it just come a long way um but to just keep it short to the, weren't you like a lawyer or something yeah, yeah 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 exactly i was a lawyer in russia and i studied law five years in this law school and uh, i worked um only two years but very intensive two years in the office it was enough for me to to feel the sense of I was dying slowly. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, then I just, I got fired, luckily. And after that, one day I was just like, okay, what am I doing with this life? 
And uh, after this question, things started to shift. I found a way how I can still be financially independent and not be in a place where I didn't want to be, which was Moscow in Russia. And then I left. I went to India. I went to, I started following my heart, really. And, and my heart was telling me that I have to go into those esoteric traditions of yoga, especially, and the healing modalities. And uh, then I ended up being in Asia and living in Thailand five years and totally dedicating myself to practice and uh, immersing into myself. And then uh, very naturally I started teaching when uh, the moment was ripe for it. I started teaching yoga, hatha yoga. That's what I was trained in. And then also I was trained in becoming a tantra teacher and then I started bringing tantra and the mystical dance into my work. And um, then gradually I started creating online courses and now the schools, one school a couple few years ago was created and now the second school was created this year. Beautiful. So what do you feel is the most important message right now that there is for you to share with people? Uh, uh, hmm. Well, I want to say that if the things that we are talking about, if they resonate with you who are listening to this, um, know that you can lean into that and you can lean into it and that can be your reality and that can be the, the world in which you live in because maybe some of you are there already and some are just like what is like totally new like oh where do people even speak this language so lean into it yeah lean into it and and the sense into the calling uh, you feel maybe inside to go into this world um into the world actually into the real world because sometimes we live in this uh, unreal world that we create or that society tries to put us in so yeah the invitation is to find the the real world that you know exists inside of you and um, see the reflection of it around you as well (laughs) beautiful thank you so much Sophia yeah thank you bye everybody